Hello there. Are you finding yourself constantly attracting the wrong people for you, be it partners or friendships? Are you wondering how you can swerve attracting these kind of people completely? Do you have toxic relatives or long-term friends and you're wondering how you can help them out without walking away from them? Do you think you might know some toxic types, but you aren't completely sure and you want to know a bit more? Or are you just here out of curiosity and want to learn more about recognising the toxic types of people? Whatever your reason, this episode has got you covered. We talk about the six different types of energy vampires you can come across and how to handle them. This episode was brought to you by Auspicious Minds, where we help you break those daily bad habits and replace them with better ones for a happier, productive existence. Here we share tips, advice, anecdotes to assist you on your personal journey. If you like our episodes, be sure to subscribe to them so that you can hear them first every week when we put them out. Success begins from within. Hello to you. Hope you're feeling well and smelling well. I'm your host, Yvonne, and on behalf of Auspicious Minds, I'd like to welcome you to episode 14. If you're new here, welcome, and I hope you stick around. We do put out content each week on various everyday topics for a happier and healthier lifestyle. Check out our other episodes when you get a chance. If you are returning for more, I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you. It means such a lot that you keep coming back and listening to me, and I hope these topics are helping you along. This episode, we're going to cover the different types of energy vampires we can encounter every day and their toxic behaviours. It is important to point out that it is the behaviour of many people that can be toxic and not always the person themselves. Depends on what they're going through. Some people can just be struggling with themselves in some way. They could be going through a hard time and they might not be in a good place for a time and they can exhibit these toxic behaviours and become energy vampires to us feeding off our energy and just making us feel drained and exhausted. You don't have to be anybody's emotional punch bag. And if you're finding that somebody is just too hard to be around or they're causing you to feel suffocated or miserable and you just don't have the energy to deal with it, it may be time to get some distance. You have to walk away from it if it is just causing you grievance. But if it's somebody close or you do feel that you can help, then maybe this episode will help you understand them better and how you can handle them without walking away completely. Sometimes we can be the energy vampire and not realise it. So if you do recognise any of your own behaviours and any of these things we're going to cover, it might be worth looking into and working out ourselves, see where we can make things better and do the healing work. Anyway, on with the episode. What is an energy vampire? So an energy vampire is someone who will feed off your emotional or spiritual energy. They may or may not know they're doing this, but it leaves you feeling drained and depleted of energy. Have you ever noticed certain people leave you feeling flat or fed up and you don't necessarily know why? It could be somebody that you're close to, somebody that you like or love or you're fond of but you just don't feel good in their presence and you just don't know why. Maybe you've never even thought about it until now and suddenly you're thinking, actually, no, that person doesn't make me feel good, but I really like them. And a conversation with them can leave you feeling shit for reasons that you can't fathom. 
They could be a friend or a family member, a colleague, an acquaintance, a child even, or your partner. They could even be a stranger that you encounter. And they could have a narcissistic personality. And trying to make them happy is a constant drain on your energy. They could be a really sweet person and they could be struggling with life or adjusting to a new situation and they're leeching off your strength at this time. They don't always have to be a person. They could be a situation. They could be social media. A lot more people are coming off that now because they're starting to feel drained from it because of the people on there, maybe that they're interacting with. They're just consuming too much information. It can be overwhelming and it can drain you. You could be dealing with a short conversational interaction with a stranger or someone seeing you in a shop or a restaurant or a bar and you briefly pick up on that energy that is off somewhat. And the more sensitive you are to others, the more you will feel this. And sometimes, and this is, in the, this is the annoying thing, it can take years to realise you're an empath and that you absorb other people's energy very easily. So you don't tend to put boundaries in place to stop this happening because it doesn't even cross your mind to do so. Have you ever wondered to yourself, why do I seem to attract people with problems or why do people always tell me their stuff? And this is flattering, of course, because that person sees you as someone they can talk to and open up to, but it can sometimes leave you feeling drained. Sometimes you can be thinking, why do I feel drained often and yet I'm not suffering from depression or a hard time? I'm generally an upbeat and optimistic person and I just want to cheer everybody up. And credit to you for being that ray of sunshine in people's lives. This is a good thing, and but there may come a time when you need to start protecting that lovely energy of yours just to keep it that way. We are energy, every single one of us. With some people that energy flows and we can vibe nicely with them. With other people, it just doesn't. And they may seem really nice and they may be all right, but the energy is off and you're not vibing with them. And they could be secretly feeding off you in some way. That's usually a telltale sign. They might not consciously know that they're doing this and they probably feel really gutted and sorry if they did. Or they may be well aware of it and this is their way of exerting control over you. Or that you're that one secret solution to their problems. And though it doesn't seem obvious on the surface, this is very much what is going on beneath. I remember seeing a meme years back and I've never seen it since, but it really hit home and I've never forgotten it. Insecure people or abusers see your potential far greater than you do. And this is why they pick you, sometimes unconsciously, but they see a strength in you that perhaps you don't even see. And it's that light, that cleaner aura that you have. And it makes it easy for them to manipulate you over, over time, to question yourself, to feed off your energy, to gain power over you. Because they haven't dealt with their shit. They don't have that self-awareness or they just don't want to deal with it. And because maybe you're a rescuer, a healer, a fixer, you gladly give that energy over to them without even knowing that it's, it's causing you to weaken or bringing you down. You just want to know that you're helping them and that things will change. But all that really changes is that it brings you down further over time. And perhaps you could find yourself getting miserable and bitter and fed up like them. Then your perception of life changes. You think they are the lesser evil and that everybody thinks or feels this way. So it doubts your faith in people and those boundaries get more and more pulled down. But you feel powerless to it 
and you know something isn't right, but you don't have the strength to get away from it by then because they've weaved the web around you. So let's talk about the different energy vampires we can encounter. Kicking off with number one, the best one, the narcissist. These people, it's all about me, me, me. They don't give a shit about you unless they sense you slipping away from them or they're losing control of you. And that's when they lay on the charm to pull you back in, lure you into that false sense of security. And then when they've got you back in that area, they start being twats again. They need to be put first. It's all about their needs. They've got no empathy for others either. Something lovely happens to somebody else. They can't just be happy for them. They've got to find something negative in it and then go on about that loads instead. Or say you've got a situation going on. They're not going to ask questions or try and help. They'll put it back to them. Or they'll show false loyalty by getting you to see the situation like them. So for example... If this is a situation that could be resolved by a discussion or an action on your part, maybe you have a problem or something, and you turn to these narcissists for advice, they'll turn it into an out-and-out war and have you convinced that you need to go to the mattresses on this too. And by doing this, they're exerting the power over you and the situation by taking over it and isolating you from another outside influence. And you'll fall prey to this because all you'll see is this what seems like loyalty to you on their part. And seemingly, they're on your side about this. And then you will take this advice because they've reeled you in that much that you're convinced that this is the right way to handle the situation. And you'll handle it like them rather than your own diplomatic way. A decent human response would be to advise, but let you figure it out for yourself and not take over. Advice would be more diplomatic. It'd be centred around understanding the consequences of the advice being given. A narcissist will appear an expert on everything. If you try disagreeing with them, oh my goodness, they will reactively argue with you on it until you just give up arguing because you've just lost the will to argue. They don't like that you might have your own ideas or point of view to bring to the table. Why? Because that feels like loose floorboards under their feet. Because that's a little reminder that they don't have full control over you. And that you've still got some power in there that they've not been able to take over on. And it scares the crap out of them. And that's your edge. It's time to set some boundaries. If you know somebody like this or you're involved with somebody like this, get the fuck away if you can. Plot your escape. Limit the contact if you can. If getting away from this person isn't a realistic option right now, then start taking back some control. You can sit down with them and remind them that you've got your own thoughts, your own feelings and you handle things differently. That any relationship is about give and take. But you're going to have to back this up with actions because if you're not taking action, that little talk isn't going to really do much. They won't change. Start building your boundaries from this moment on. Connect with yourself so that you can start hearing your own voice again and not theirs. The more you do that, the more you gain control and it drowns out their voice and opinions, which is starting to get deep rooted inside you. Meditation and spending less time with them will help. That starts you getting your own perspective on things. Something I started doing before I had the strength to walk away from a narcissist, I'd be singing to myself while they were going off on one about crap that I didn't really care about. I just zoned out their white noise. I'd look like I was listening, but I wasn't. 
And the more space that you can get from a narcissist, the better, because it's more power for you and less for them. And that is what weakens them. And the more power you get, the less you'll want to be around them because you'll find it easier to see them for what they are and you'll have that clarity. You are not responsible for them. You are responsible for you. Take back your power and get away from them. Learn from the situation. These people can only change on their own. Yes, it's possible you can be a catalyst for them doing that, but ultimately they have to be the one to change. Two, the amateur dramatic. Always got a problem or a drama going on. There's always something and they love it. Anytime they don't have anything going on or something's been resolved, they'll start something else. They will create a problem just so they've got a problem. We've all met people like this. And you're always there to lend a hand, offer good advice, solutions to help fix the problem. But they don't want that. They want sympathy. They want attention because it's that that makes them feel important and special. They don't want solutions because that would risk the situation being resolved and sorted out and then that drama would go away, leaving them bored and restless and nothing to go on about. What's amusing is that these are always the people that moan, I hate drama me. Why can't life just be plain sailing? And yet, lo and behold, they're guaranteed to be right in the fucking middle of it whenever there is drama at play. They just like to complain. They thrive in that chaos. The stress gives them a reason to wake up in the morning. They like to feel victimised. They don't want plain sailing. Life would be boring if it was plain sailing. They don't want to feel the emptiness of their lives because that would mean having to deal with themselves. All the dramas, all the pointless dramas, that's all a diversion from that. When a person genuinely comes to us for advice because they're embroiled in a drama that they don't want to be involved in, they would likely take your advice or would be genuinely looking for a solution to clear the chaos so it goes away. They might even have their own solution and may just be sharing it with you. It could be a partner, a relative or a friend. They won't want to keep going on about it and on about it for the sake of it. They would just want some kind of resolution so that situation goes and life's chill again. So what do you do with these drama queens or kings? You pay attention to the patterns of their behaviour. Don't feed it by taking sides or getting yourself involved, however tempting. That's toxic to you, that. Don't pander to it either by saying things like, oh my God, or typing OMG on a message because that's just like the validation they're seeking. Less enthusiasm is needed for a start on your part. Call them out on it if you're brave enough. Be honest and say that you can't be arsed trying to offer a solution. They don't seem to want to solve the matter. Or you could be kinder and turn it back and encourage them to advise themselves on the situation. Things like, what would you say to me if I had that same problem? Or you could encourage them to seek the help of somebody else, another friend or relative. It diverts their crap away from you and it's off your plate. And if they turn on you because of this, great, see you later. Go away. You don't have to deal with it anymore. People who genuinely have problems, they'll want their problem solved. They will not thrive on it and they will not make a drama about it and love it secretly, no matter how much they say they don't. And these are the people that you want to make time and energy for. So stop feeding the amateur dramatic. Make time for the people who have genuine crap going on. And then you'll feel like you've been a decent mate to them. 
Three, the two-faced gossip. Don't you just love these types? Now, a lot of people like a good gossip, but how it affects you is key to knowing whether you want it around or not. I mean, I would not mind you gossiping at all about me if you were telling people how great this podcast was. It's all attention, baby. But seriously, gossips, I don't know about you, but I've encountered so many in my life and they can be really toxic to us. I know that there's two sides to everything, no pun intended. So if I hear gossip, it's a real pinch of salt situation because I know that that situation has another side to it that's got fuck all to do with me. When someone gossips to us, our natural curiosity takes over. We're only human. We want to know more. We can't help ourselves. But I think we forget that if somebody can divulge something personal about somebody else to us, then they can absolutely do this to us too. Because that person's got no boundaries. Somebody out there we may or may not know has entrusted that person with some private information about themselves or a situation. And here we are hearing all about it. And as nosy and as curious as we are, it can also make us feel a little unsettled because we know deep down that this information, which could be private, personal, embarrassing even to somebody else, has found its way into our ears. And that other person's got no idea that we're hearing this now. And then we turn it back to us. We put ourselves in that situation and we start feeling horrified that this is a source of discussion. And yet at the end of the day, it's none of our business. Furthermore, we lack trust in the person who's divulged the information because they've broken somebody else's trust by telling us this stuff. And it goes without saying, I'm going to say it anyway. If somebody tells you something that they've been trusted with, then the chances of your information that you trusted them with is more than likely going to get told to somebody else. But you know this, right? If they can gossip to you about somebody else, then they can absolutely gossip about you to somebody else too. So watch what you tell them. Keep private things to yourself or only trust people who have proved themselves over and over again that when you tell them something, it stays with them. If you want to keep a gossip type in your life, tell them only what you want them to know, what you don't mind them passing on to others because they're going to anyway. Keep the conversations lighthearted and fun. But if you can't be doing with all that, start to veer away from these types. It can feel really toxic when you don't trust somebody. You find yourself holding back to a point where you don't actually know what to tell them anymore. And what is the point in that? People gossip to make themselves feel better. It diverts them from their own insecurities and their own boundaries tend to be pretty skewed. Objectively, they know it's not cool to talk about other people's private business and they wouldn't want it done to them. Chances are, though, this is happening to them because that's karma for you. So if you can't trust someone because they're loose-lipped with people's business, why birth? You don't need the toxic paranoia. Four, liar, liar, pants on fire. Who doesn't love it when you've got to be on constant filter? You don't know whether that person who's talking to you is making stuff up or not. What's truth and what's horseshit? Perhaps they generally exaggerate more so than make stuff up. Or maybe they are compulsive liars and you don't know what's truth and what's fiction. And it's exhausting trying to figure out fact from fiction. Unless you know the person pretty well and you can really see through it. But even then it can be draining because you can't fully invest in somebody who you don't trust. And that's what it is at the end of the day. and makes life harder, even if the lies are humorous or funny. So you lack trust in the person. 
And it's draining and toxic because there'll, there'll always be doubts at the back of your mind. You don't trust them not to deceive you either because you never know where you are with somebody who lies a lot. And the problem with liars is that they don't always have the best memory for what they have or haven't said. So to keep up with them and catch them out, you've got to have a good memory too. And that's just a waste of brain energy. It makes you question yourself and that's where it gets toxic too. You're dealing with a deeply insecure person here. People who make stuff up or exaggerate a lot are covering up an emptiness which could stem from abandonment or being overlooked at some point when they were younger, leaving them feeling insignificant or dull, which is why they have to make things up. It serves to convince themselves and you that they're more interesting and fun than they really are. They worry that their truth would bore others and drive people away. And if you don't want to be around a liar, then you need to remove yourself from them. Work on any trust issues that this leaves you with, because it will. Otherwise, you'll be left with continuing distrust of people from here on. And this will drive healthier friendships away in the future, which you don't want. If you want to stick around and help Billy Liar, then you need to call the person out on their bullshit, because you can't go on like this. Maybe persuade them to seek professional help so they can get to the root of their own truth. If they're willing to do the groundwork, they deserve the chance to show their real selves to the world. And what could emerge is a quality friend or a loved one who is healed. But if they continue to lie or they've got other toxic traits that we've mentioned here in this episode, then phasing them out is your next port of call. Five, the jealous one judgmental, snappy, and at the very least, they like to get sly jabs in there that they just can't help. These are the types of friends that built the old adage, keep your enemies closer. Maybe they're part of your inner circle. They could be a significant other, a friend or a sibling even. But your existence and good things happening to you secretly drives them crazy because they already feel that you've got it too sweet. So they don't celebrate your success. They're not supportive of your wins. And what's annoying is that all this hating isn't even about you. It's about them. Something lacking in them. They could be secretly miserable in, in their relationships or something in their lives isn't going well. But you'll never know this because they're not going to tell you that. Even knowing that you'd be supportive as hell by telling you shows weakness. And they think that you'd handle it the way they would. And that you'd thrive on them feeling like shit. And you wouldn't because you're not wired that way. Maybe this person has a secret crush on you. Or maybe they secretly admire you and think you're awesome. But what happens is the adoration and the insecurities get twisted up somehow. Rather than them facing these problems, their attention becomes diverted into destroying you or your esteem. And this is a very toxic energy vampire. You see, in your straightforward mind, you couldn't fathom why you'd want to be around somebody constantly if you felt jealous of them. So what do you do? Do you call them out on it? If you feel it's time, then go for it, but they'll likely deny it and turn it back on you. Or do you distance yourself from them and this toxicity? That might help, but the last thing you need is to be constantly looking over your shoulder, waiting for that back to get stabbed. Or you could take the moral high ground. It drives them crazy and it wakes the beast, and then you can confront them. Being super nice to your haters not only protects your own energy field, but the hate bounces back onto them because it can't get into your energy field and it really ups the ante. Don't tell these people anything that they can use against you. Start to detach from them if you can, because this is their problem, not yours. 
Six, the innocent. As I said earlier, not all energy vampires are toxic. Sometimes it could be somebody who genuinely needs our help, like a child, a relative or a good friend who has maybe come to rely on us a bit too much after we've helped them out at some point. Sometimes we can just offload, especially when we're around our own type of people, where we naturally shine and get excited with, and it can become a bit of a whirlwind. Our intention is to give the energy out, but sometimes we end up eating other people's energy up without trying. Innocent energy vampires, they're not trying to drain our energies. There's no malice at all. It's just that we have to know our own limits and encourage their independence without them feeling pushed aside or unwanted. We can't pour from an empty cup. We need to conserve our energy better so that we can ensure that we're looking after ourselves too, so we can better look after them. And this is so essential so you don't feel like you're drowning in the exhaustion that comes with caring or simply being a good partner or friend. Quality is everything here. It's important to have boundaries in place to encourage the other person to be self-sufficient and still feel wanted and loved. And this can take time. I really hope this episode has put some perspective on the different types of energy vampires that we encounter in our lives. Sometimes a clash of energies is a clear-cut sign that you might be in a different place on your journey than somebody else. There's no law saying that you've got to deal with any toxicity. And I'm not talking about the innocent ones here, but the other ones that I've mentioned. If someone's getting too much for you, let them go. Gradually, if you don't want the confrontation, ask the universe to do a shake-up and affirm that you wish to cut ties with the toxic person. Do this with love and gratitude for the lessons that this has taught you. Or do some Ho'oponopono. We have done an earlier episode on this, so check that out. If they aren't meant to stay in your life, they'll be moved away from you anyway. This is why we sometimes have friends for a reason or a season. They were put there to teach us something or experience something. The people who are meant to stay grow with us and stick around. It's noble to want to help people who have been eating your energy for a time. There's no reason why you can't. Just make sure you protect your own energy and know when you've had enough. Maybe they're beyond your help and it's eating you alive and making you unwell trying to help them. That's when it's time to let somebody go. I see so many articles out there saying, get rid of your energy vampire. And yes, you don't have to put up with shit, let them go. But sometimes these people are close to us, or we're interlinked in some way, so it's not always possible to tell somebody to just fuck off. Many energy vampires have got shit going on. Nothing to do with you. You didn't cause it, and you're not obligated to pick up the pieces. But if you do have the patience and courage to call people on it, you could help somebody help themselves. Isn't that what being a decent human being is about? But ultimately, it does have to be them who's willing to help themselves. If they're not interested in changing the game, then you've done all you can do. Visualising that you've got a protective energy shield of light around you will always help, so that their negative energy doesn't eat into yours. If you think that you could be an energy vampire yourself, and maybe recognise your own behaviour here, then admit to yourself that perhaps you need to change the game. Take control by seeking that help that you need. If you're angry at life or in emotional pain and it's causing you to be toxic to others because it's heavy and it's overspilling onto them, then maybe get some distance between you and the other people and show them by working on yourself that you really are trying to change. Maybe it's time to heal the pain inside you that's been causing you to feel miserable for so long and it's exhausting you. 
Try not to beat yourself up if you have been toxic to others. The best thing you can do for yourself and others is to work on yourself so that the bad stuff goes and you can start bringing sunshine back to the people instead of negative vibes. It's never too late to turn things around. You do have work ahead of you, but it's a worthwhile journey. We've now reached the end of this episode and we hope you found it helpful, entertaining even. We've all fallen prey to toxic behaviours and energy vampires at some point. And we've all had to let people go to save our own sanity at some point too. Always remember to protect your own energy, help where you can, but if you can't, let that person go. They will get there in the end. If you like this episode, please leave us a review Be sure to share this episode with your people and check out our other episodes for more helpful topics on the everyday healing. Till next time, stay safe. See you later.